Hi everyone, happy Sunday. Um, this mini episode is week 10 of The Artist's Way. I can't believe we're almost done. Um, so yeah, week 10 is recovering a sense of self-protection, um, which that sounds pretty good. <laughs> so basically this chapter was exploring the perils that can ambush our creative path and finding toxic patterns that we cling to um, that block our creative flow. Um, so basically the kind of main examples she gave for things that might be blocks are food or sugar, alcohol, sex, drugs, or even being a workaholic. Um, and the first little section of this chapter was titled dangers of the trail. Um, and so she talks about how creativity is energy. It can be free or blocked. You know, that's kind of been a big theme throughout the whole book. Um, and she says, when we resist what the energy might show us or where it might take us, we often experience a shaky, out-of-control feeling. Um, and so everyone has different ways that they block their creativity. I know we've been talking a lot about unblocking our creative selves and like what you know what does that mean and so I kind of liked how these were kind of broken down in very tangible um you know things that you could either identify with or not um and she says these things that we use numb us um and on their own they could be good but not if they're used as a kind of distraction to stop our flow um, and we shut down our flow on purpose. And that's basically because we start to sense our real potential and it's scary. Um, all of the possibilities scare us. So we reach for our toxic block to slow down our growth. Um, so how do you find your toxic block? Um, she says it's probably one that you're defending. Um, the thing that you're defending the most is probably your block. Um, and, you know, what thing makes you the most angry to even think about giving up? Uh, what explosive block, um, you know, causes you to get the most derailed in your life? Um, and so basically examine it. And usually you can probably name it. Probably something came up when I said uh, those things. <laughs> um, and so sometimes we mix and match our blocks and it's always to alleviate fear. Um, basically, these things are things that work in the short term, but they always fail in the long run. And when we're blocked, we know who and what uh, we are. We're unhappy people. Um, so for a lot of people, being happy is unknown and it makes us feel out of control. It feels too risky. Um, so that's why we stay blocked. Oh my goodness, there's a big ambulance going by. So sorry about that if you can hear it. Um, but yeah, basically she says anxiety is fuel and we can use it and work with it. The next section talked about workaholism or workaholism. I don't know where to put the emphasis on that word, but basically um, being a workaholic is recently, or I guess when she wrote this was recently recognized um, by as an addiction. But in our culture, especially in America, if you're listening in America, um, usually being a workaholic is celebrated uh, by our society, by our culture. Um, and so a lot of times we're working so much, 
we're actually working um, so that we can avoid ourselves and our feelings. So she asks, how much time do you let yourself have fun each week? Um, And she also mentions how it's usually easier for people who are even going through her book to commit to doing the morning pages every day, but it's harder to commit to doing the, you know, artist dates, the kind of play date, having fun stuff, which I definitely uh, related to because it's definitely, definitely hard for me to, to let myself have the time to have an artist date. Um, Even though I'm on week 10, it's been something I've struggled with most weeks. Um, But doing the morning pages, except for this week, um, and I guess last week, I don't know. Well, recently, the past few weeks, I haven't been doing very good with my morning pages. But before, it was pretty easy to like make myself sit down and do them every morning. Um, So there's this big workaholism quiz that she has in the book. I won't read you all of the the little questions because it's like, you know, almost two pages long, but it's a good way to like get an idea of if maybe this is something you're dealing with. Um, And then, so basically she also says, take workaholism seriously. It's a process addiction, not a substance addiction, um, addiction. So that's why it's hard to tell when we're indulging in it. But you need to make sure that you're setting boundaries and bottom lines and also asking for help. The next section of the chapter was titled Drought, um, and she goes on to talk about how there's always a dry season in every creative person's life. Um, These things, you know, things might lose their sweetness, work feels mechanical, feels like you have nothing to say. Um, And that's, she says, when morning pages are most valuable. When you're in a drought, Basically, it's so important to just keep showing up and doing the work. Um, And it might feel like it'll last forever, but it won't. Um, Just like all things, nothing is forever. Um, And so your emotions might be dried up when you're in a drought. Um, It's a time of grief and a time between your dreams. But it does end, and by continuing continuing to stumble through, um, it will bring you clarity and, you know, nothing is forever. So after drought, she talks about fame. Um, And I wrote down a quote that she said, fame encourages us to believe that if it hasn't happened yet, it won't happen. Um, But she reminds us that fame is not the same as success. Fame is a spiritual drug that can be a dangerous byproduct of our work. So, you know, being an artist, being a talented, creative person, you may be creating stuff and the byproduct is you get fame and you get recognition. But you have to be wary of it. Um, And the point of the work should be the work, not how everyone else reacts. And basically when you're focusing on fame and recognition, you will continue to feel lack in your life. Um, And, you know, wanting more will always be snapping at our heels and it will take away from our accomplishments um, and just erode our joy um, by, you know, looking at other people's accomplishments. And, You must treat yourself like a precious object Um, that'll make you stronger and make sure that you are taking care of yourself. Um, You know, she says a way to kind of coddle yourself and and cure uh, this desire for fame is to actually like send yourself postcards in the mail and just treat yourself really well. Um, That can kind of help you detox from the fame mentality by just really celebrating you, I guess, um, and making yourself a priority. Um, And I also wrote in quotes, 
What we are really scared of is that without fame, we won't be loved as artists or people. Um, And I think that that's true for a lot of people that I know, myself probably. I mean, I don't consider myself someone who's like obsessed with being famous, but you do like to have your recognition and uh, for stuff that you've done. and, And I can totally see how it could morph into that down the line. Um, But she says, we must actively, consciously, consistently, and creatively nurture our artist self. Um, And so start small. And, you know, when we're being joyfully creative, we can release the obsession with others and how they are doing. So long story short, focus on you, do you, and you'll be okay. (laughs) The last section of the chapter was titled competition. Um, So seeing someone do something you want to do should prove that it can be done. Um, But most often we see it as, you know, how did they succeed and I didn't? Like, how did they do that instead of me? Instead of, you know, seeing them succeed and and making it seem like, wow, that's that's a possibility for me too. Um, And so... Focusing on competition poisons your well, she says. Um, We can't afford to think about who is getting ahead of us and how they didn't deserve it. Uh, The desire to be better than uh, someone else can choke off the simple desire to be. Um, And competition asks us to define our own creativity in terms of someone else's creativity. Um, And that's not great. Uh, You know, that's short-term thinking. That's not long-term thinking. So yeah, get that ego out of here and stop accepting snap judgments of your creative self. Showing up for the work is the win that matters. Um, And yeah, so then it was the tasks Um, the first task was called dead lies. I don't know if that's how you're supposed to say it. It's spelled dead lies, but one word. Um, I thought that it was dead lines at first, but then I, you know, remembered how to read. Um, but basically you're supposed to take seven pieces of paper. There's seven words. You write out the words on each piece of paper and then you put them into a hat or an envelope and you kind of scrounge them up and you pick one out at a time and you do this seven times. Um, and every time you pick a word out, you're supposed to write five ways that that thing, um, negatively impacts your life. So it's kind of the, the seven ideas that she talked about that are kind of toxic habits and stuff. So um, one of them might be food, work, drugs, sex, family and friends was one together. Um, What was another one? Alcohol. And there's one more. Oh my goodness. I don't remember what it is. Now this is going to drive me crazy. I'm going to have to go get my book that I don't have in front of me. Um, But yeah, basically if you pick the same one twice, you have to keep writing five more things. So I picked work multiple times. I picked drugs multiple times. Um, Yeah, it's a pretty interesting exercise and it was kind of hard um, for me personally also because like I don't do drugs. So I didn't really have a lot to say on that, but I got it multiple times. So that was kind of interesting. Um, But basically the whole point is just to kind of highlight for yourself what area might be something that you're struggling with. Oh, 
The last one, I just looked at my book and it is money. That was the one I didn't say. Um, but yeah, task two was make a quick list of things that you love. So like happiness touchstones. She gave the example of like a smooth river rock um, or, you know, blue velvet. And then if you really love blue velvet, maybe like get a blue velvet runner for your table. I mean, these are examples that aren't really relevant to me because like I don't have a runner for my table, but you know, I made a list of like some nice things that I like, um, which was just good. And you're supposed to put that list somewhere, um, and kind of try to inter, inter oh my goodness, incorporate <laughs> those things into your daily life. Um, the next task was a doozy. Um, ew, I regret saying that. Um, but it's called the awful truth. Um, and it says, tell the truth and then a question. So some of the questions are, what habit do you have that gets in the way of your creativity? Um, another one was, which friends make you doubt yourself? There's like a lot of really deep questions, so I'm not going to share all of them, but definitely recommend, obviously, I recommend this book. So um, this task was a really like deep dive, more deep than a lot of other tasks. Um, and then number four was titled setting a bottom line. So she says, list five of your most painful behaviors, um, and then make a bottom line for it. So like, say an example was, you know, like I'm always working, um, when I'm like not getting paid, I'm always like bringing home work and it's stopping me from doing these things. So an example of a bottom line would be like, I no longer work past six o'clock like setting a firm line for yourself. So basically list five of your most painful behaviors and then write those bottom lines. Um, and the last little section was called cherishing um, and it had a few different prompts. So the first one was list five small victories, then list three nurturing actions you took for your, your artist. <laughs> wow. My mouth is jumbled today, I think because I'm getting excited for Christmas. Um, uh, the next one was list three um, actions that you could take to comfort your artist. Um, and then take three nice or make three nice promises to yourself. And then the last little part of cherishing was do one lovely thing for yourself each day this week. So that was chapter 10. Um, it was a pretty good chapter. I'm excited for chapter 11 and then 12. And then I can't believe we're done. And we're going to be back to just uh, my creative tasks that I give, um, which are definitely going to be less intense than the ones from this book. And uh, the mini episodes will be much more mini because um, I won't have, you know, full book reports to give you every week. But I hope you guys have been enjoying this. Um, it's definitely been good for me to have the podcast uh, accountability for The Artist's Way. It kind of feels like I'm doing it with someone else. I mean, I am doing it with my roommate, but it's just nice to have a record. Um, and then maybe one day I'll listen back to this and be able to get something different or read the book and then listen to the podcast again down the line and see, um, you know, where is that? What if, what if, gone through, what's changed, um, you know, all that stuff. But yeah, we're about to 
be going into Christmas. Hanukkah just ended. Um, I'm really excited. I get to go home and be with my parents um, and just my parents because it is still 2020. Um, But at least I'll get to have a little change of scenery up in Boston. They got even more snow than we did in New York. Um, And yeah, I think that's pretty much it for today. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. I know I said this before, but I think a lot of people listen to the podcast without being subscribed, which is kind of crazy. So definitely subscribe and check out the YouTube channel, um, essentially Haley, where you can find all the full dancers doing stuff, live interviews, unedited, um, and see the crafts that we make and yeah, I'm just, there's a lot of exciting things coming up. I won't say too much because I want to still keep this episode as short as possible. Um, but I hope you have an amazing week and I will check in with you guys really soon. Have a great day, guys. Bye. If anyone out there is looking to start a podcast but doesn't know where to begin, I have a great tip for you. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's actually what I'm using right now. Anchor is free to use, and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. They distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a ton of other places. Another cool thing is you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a podcast is right in one place. Seriously, it's so easy. My first ever episode I recorded sitting in my closet, talking to my phone in the dark. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.